Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jesse DePlanis. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We have a sermon that everyone needs to hear because you are commissioned by God to dissolve doubts. It's entitled, How to Be a Devout Dissolver of Doubts. That's the primary job of the believer. You know, Daniel was a man of faith with something called a seeing power. And when you believe God's word, you have seeing power too. That gives you the ability to dissolve doubt. Call a friend, tell him to turn that television on because you can dissolve doubt around you and also dissolve doubt inside of you. Watch this. You're going to be blessed. Take some notes because you're going to need them. Watch now. Doubt is an amazing thing. It's, it's, it's just as powerful as faith. It works in the flesh. Faith works in the spirit. How to be a devout dissolver of doubt, or you could put an undertitle, the primary job of the believer. My primary job to you is to dissolve doubt in your mind, to shut it down so you can receive the fullness of what God wants you to have, spiritual, physical, and financial. What stops you is doubt, nothing else but doubt. But if you learn to doubt your doubts, you won't be a doubter no more because your doubts have been doubted because you've learned to doubt your doubts. Say that again. Let me slow down. If you learn to doubt your doubts, you won't be a doubter no more. When the devil puts doubt in your mind, doubt it. Since he used it, you use it too. So when you learn to doubt your doubts, you won't be a doubter no more because you doubted your doubts. So there's nothing he can use because all things are possible to them that believe. So time of the sermon is how to be a devout dissolver of doubts or the primary job of the believer. And I'm reading out of the King James Version. I want you to see this. A man named Belshazzar, chapter 5, verse 1, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives, his concubines might drink thereon. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines drank in them. Verse 5, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand rolled up over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, verse 6, and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. He got scared. Something happened. Like all of a sudden right now, if you saw on this green wall here, all of a sudden a hand appeared and began to write letters. It shocked them. And they're drinking out of holy vessels that belong and consecrated to God. But he figured he's king. This is Nebuchadnezzar's boy. And he don't want to pay too much attention to Daniel. He don't even know who Daniel is. Daniel is 92 years old at the time of this. Still ministering to God's people. Verse 7, the king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, watch this. Whosoever shall read this writing, verse 7, and show me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. In other words, he says, I'm going to pay big bucks for someone to interpret this writing. But they couldn't do it in verse 8. Verse 9, then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. 
Now the queen, verse 10, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, I'm reading a little scripture here today, came into the banquet house and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man, oh glory, I love that, verse 11. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of gods were found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Verse 12, I want to read this interpretation. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding. Notice this, he had an excellent spirit of knowledge, understanding, interpreting of dreams, showing of hard sentences, and I love this statement, and dissolving of doubts were found in him. Another translation says, dissolving of naughty problems. He was a dissolver of doubts. The queen remembered it. Now I want to go over to verse 16. And Belshazzar's talking. I heard of thee that thou canst make interpretation and dissolve doubts. Now if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel, verse 17, answered and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself. Why? He's not a preacher's for sale. There's no iniquity in this man. This man's not twisted. This man's not trying to get something from me. He's trying to get something to you. He's not for sale. He is a dissolver of doubts, which is his primary job. Look what it says at verse 17. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. The title of this sermon today is how to be a devout dissolver of doubts. The primary job of the believer. I'm going to do a little teaching this morning if I can, if I may. Now I want you to write this down. This will help you take notes. Doubts and questions are a common lot in life. Given to man by Satan at the fall. At the very fall, if you go to Genesis 3, you'll find that Eve is looking at this beautiful tree. And the devil speaks to her through a snake and says, why don't you go ahead and eat that tree? And she says... No, the Lord told us not to eat of the tree because if we eat of the tree, we shall die. Now watch this. One translation said a dissolver of doubts. Another one says a dissolver of naughty problems. The devil immediately says, you shall not, not die. He's putting doubt in her mind that what God has said is true. He is creating doubt when Eve ought to be dissolving doubt. He gives her a naughty problem. Listen to the point. Doubts and questions are a common lot in life, given to man by Satan at the fall. And he said, Eve, you will not die. So what was Eve's problem? Write this down. To be simply curious is to multiply doubt. Just because you care, if you just get curious about something and not investigate something, it will multiply doubt. If you're curious, if you come to see somebody, God heal somebody because you're just curious about it, or you're curious and say, well, I'm going to drop a doll in this offering plate to see if it'll work. All it's going to do is multiply your doubt. To be simply curious is to multiply doubt. Now, never go after the truth merely to find it, but to practice it and live by it. See, that's why I'm a very strong man in the things that I believe. Because you see, I have found truth. Truth works for me. Not only do I live it, I practice it. Sometimes it's hard to practice it. Sometimes I don't want to practice it. But I know what the truth says, and the Bible said the truth has set you free. How many of you want to be free? Truth will do it every time, not some of the time. You see, but you got to understand that doubts and questions are a common lot in life given to man by Satan at the fall. 
But you see, my primary job as a believer is to dissolve your doubts. That's why I do an offering teaching before I receive an offering. Not to get more money, because I got money. And I don't mean that arrogantly, but by no means. And when, when I say that, people write, say, give me some. No. Why? Because I'm not your God. Now, if God told me to do that, I would. That's not the issue, but I'm not your God. And the minute you make someone else your source, you got trouble on your hands. You better keep God as your source, because he's more than enough. You see what I'm saying? My job is to dissolve doubt. When I was praying for Sister Hazel, my desire is to dissolve what that doctor said. Not deny it, just dissolve it. So a new report will come. And that's even scripture. Whose report shall you believe? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, or the strength of God, or the power of God? So to be simply curious is to multiply doubt. I'm not just simply curious about the the scripture. I look for truth, David. I'm a man. I'm, I'm searching for truth. If Jesus is the way, you can't get lost. If he's the truth, you cannot be deceived. If he's the life, the devil can't kill you. Oh, Lord. So never go after the truth merely to find it, but to practice it and live by it. So I live by the truth. You see, I just simply live by the truth. And that's my lot in life, to live what God says. But yet sometimes what God says goes against my mind. Do you understand that? I mean, a lot of things God says goes completely against my mind. The Lord says, love your neighbor as yourself. No. Now, I'm not talking about my physical neighbor. I, I know I, I, they've been living by me for 18 years. I still don't know them. I look at them and go. <laughs> they look at me and go. That's a crying shame to me. That living in there, not. You know. But when they, when they moved in, we brought over some cookies. That was the last time we saw them. <laughs> they ain't been back neither. Maybe them cookies were no good. I don't know. <laughs> we're trying to be nice. Welcome to the neighborhood. It was a blessing. And, uh, but I wish I could get to know them. And, but you know, I can if I make that effort or if they make that effort. You got to make yourself do things because the world's busy. You see what I'm saying? So when you, you never go after the truth merely to find it, but to practice it and live by it. See, the spiritual person is the seeing person. You become the interpreter of your life when you are spiritual. You interpret your life. You just like Daniel. Let a writing come on the wall, and you don't have to try to find a soothsayer or a, 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 a sister Charlotte or somebody like that to try to figure out what's going to happen to your future. Your future's already been wrote down. All you got to do is receive it. So when I tell people God will bless you, my natural mind says, oh, Lord, suppose it don't happen. They're going to call you a liar. They ain't got anything to do with me. It's got to do with God's word and the conditions you meet to that word. One time I was, I was looking at this church, and I wasn't going to receive an offering because they looked pretty bad. You know what I'm saying? I said, Lord, gee, they need help. They, I, I don't want to receive nothing. I'm, I'm going to help them. And the Lord said, Jesse, what you doing? I said, I'm going to give them an offering. He said, no, you're not. I said, I'm not, I'm not. Lord, I said, look like they need it. He said, that's the problem. They need it. They, they, they invited you here so you could bless them. I said, you mean they don't like me? They just want some of my money? He said, yeah. So I kind of handed around at this particular church. I said, oh, why'd, you, why'd, why'd you invite me? Well, brother, Jesse, I tell you, you're such a blessing. And you know, we heard you help churches. The Lord was right. I said, I certainly do. I'm here. And that's all I'm going to do is I'm here. <laughs> and the Lord, I wasn't going to receive, and the Lord said, receive an offering. I said, God, they ain't got nothing. And then he told me this statement. It's always there. It's always there. And it was one of the biggest offerings ever received in that church for a guest speaker or for anybody. The pastor liked to pass out. <laughs> he couldn't get over it. I said, see, you sitting on money you don't even know you got. You see, you're always looking at someone else to meet the need instead of you preaching the word. You see what I'm saying? 
The spiritual person is the seeing person. You become the interpreter of life. Daniel was the spiritual person of that time. And he told the king, look, I don't care what you got. They don't want you. I ain't for sale. I've come here to inter- I'm going to dissolve all the doubts because all these suits in this camp. We don't know what it is. He said, I'll dissolve that. So the true way of dissolving doubts is to start, write this down, the true way of dissolving doubts is to start at the beginning. To learn from the past is the wisdom of the present. You see, just don't never forget what happened to you. Never forget the past. It's the wisdom of the present. The true way of dissolving doubts is to start at the beginning. To learn from the past is the wisdom of the present. In other words, I hadn't forgot anything I've learned, ladies and gentlemen. I rehearse it. I put it in my mind. Me and Kathy sometimes on a significant seat, we stick the check on a refrigerator, slap it when we go by in the name of Jesus, hundredfold. And they go, all right, that don't work. It works for us. One time, I'll never forget the first time I ever gave $10,000, like the past out. I was at a Kenneth Hagin meeting in 1984, I think it was, 82, 84, something like that. Make a long story short, I was sitting next to a guy, and some guy got They said, there are several people here today going to give $10,000. I said to myself, yo, mama, Jack, ain't going to be me. <laughs> be somebody else, ain't going to be me. To myself, all of a sudden this man leaned over next to me. He said, the Lord just told me to give $10,000. I said, oh, I heard it myself. Let me get away from this boy. I'm here, I'm here with the Lord telling him. And the Lord said, I, I'm telling you too, Jesse. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you got to be kidding. I said, that's all I got. He said, that's all I asked for. <laughs> what was the Lord trying to do to me? Dissolve my doubts. The primary job of God or the primary job of a believer. Well, praise God. He said, if you come up here, you can shake Brother Hagin's hand. I said, for $10,000, I'm going to rip his arm off. <laughs> I'm going to rip his arm off. <laughs> shake his hand. I don't, need, I don't need to shake his hand. Now watch this. It just really blew the socks off of me. I went up there and shook his hand. I'll never forget it. Peter, let me have your hand. I mean, most people were like this. God bless you, brother. I went like this. It's an honor and a pleasure. Bless God. I just want to let you know, praise God. That $10,000 is a lot of money. I just thought I'd just let you know. And the guy was trying to pull my hand away. I said, no, no, this is a $10,000 handshake. I'm going to, I like to broke his arms. I shook it for about three minutes. You're going. And you know what I did? I didn't name my seed. The check came back canceled. We gave it. Throwed it in a the, in the canceled check box, whatever, kept with it, and it wound up in the attic. Years went by. I lost that money. Wasn't Brother Higgins' fault. Mine. Finally, I was out jogging on Armand Boulevard. And the Lord said, if you catch the thief, you got to return it sevenfold. I said, the devil owed me $70,000. I said, where that check? He said, in your attic. I turned around and running back to the house as fast as I could. I walk in, Kathy was in the kitchen, which was a miracle of God to start with. <laughs> so I knew it was a miracle day. Glory to God. <laughs> she said, what? I said, where are the old checks and cancel checks? She said, in the attic. I said, get out of the way, woman. Up to the attic. I went, I mean, I'm throwing checks and all kinds of uh, IRS stuff, you know, till I found that $10,000 check and I held it as high as I could in my attic and shouted. I said, devil! If I catch you, you got to return it sevenfold. You owe me $70,000. Ladies and gentlemen, within four days, I had $70,000. Somebody shout somebody. Four days from the time I screamed that thing in the attic. God honored us. But you see, 
I had forgot what I did. I forgot the past. That's the point. The true way of dissolving doubts is to start at the beginning. To learn from the past is the wisdom of the present. My job is not to ask you to believe, but to make you believe by the evidence. (laughs) The blindest person of them all is he who has no use for his faith. You ought to write that down. The blindest person of them all is he who has no use for his faith. I call the faith seeing power. You can say, oh yeah, you can say something Satan can't believe. I've said that before. Let me say it again. You can say something Satan can't believe. That's one of the most amazing statements the Lord ever allowed me to say. In 1978, I was driving down 167 going to uh, Opelousas, Louisiana. As I passed by the Lafayette Municipal Airport, that Lafayette Airport, you might have seen it. I didn't have enough money to fill up a Toyota, Donna. That Toyota had a 10-gallon tank. And gas then was like, I don't know, 55, 52 cents, 42 cents a gallon, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. And the Lord said, look up. I look up. He said, I'm going to give you a jet. I thought, praise God. And he said, and you're going on worldwide television too. I said, glory to God. And I went to shouting. That Toyota was doing this on the road. Lord, jeez, I got so And I had just had enough... I didn't have any more sense. When I got to the church, I said, Pastor, you ain't going to believe what the Lord said to me. He said, what? I said, the Lord said, he's going to give me a jet, and I'm going on worldwide television. And he laughed at me. I was right. He didn't believe it. You ain't going to believe what the Lord said to me. (laughs) He said, Jesse, you ain't got enough money to fill up a Toyota. I said, I don't care. I heard the Lord. The Lord's going to give me a jet, and I'm going on worldwide television. He just laughed at me. It kind of hurt my feelings, but I didn't show it. You know, I just went, <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Guess who else laughed at me? The devil. See, you can say something Satan can't believe. He's not a faith devil. He's a flesh devil. Do you understand? By the time he saw Jesus, he don't know who Jesus is. So he said, turn the stone into bread. If you can do that, you must be the man. Jesus said, no. He asked Jesus to do something he could see. He's not a faith devil, he's a flesh devil. The evidence of faith is not seen, you understand? He can't work in that realm. He can only work in the realm of flesh. If you crucify the flesh daily instead of Sunday, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do you understand? You really have a hard time sinning because you're walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the law, uh, the law of flesh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Jesus set you free from the law of sin and death. So I said something Satan can't believe. And you know what the devil said? Stupid boy, stupid kid. He can't fill up a Toyota. How are you going to get a jet, much less go on worldwide television? So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He didn't fight me. I had no hindrance. Why? Because the devil didn't believe it. All of a sudden, I flew over the devil's house in a jet. I went on worldwide television. You know what the devil said? Ah, he's doing it, but it's too late. What are you saying? I'm saying the blindest person of them all is he who has no use for his faith, the seeing power. You can say something Satan can't believe. That's a true story, ladies and gentlemen. The devil doesn't understand words of faith. Why? Like I said, he's a flesh devil and not a faith devil. Think about that for a minute. He can only tempt you in the flesh. He can't tempt you in the spirit because he's spiritually dead. The spiritual person is the seeing person. What happens is you become like the prophet Daniel. You become the interpreter of your life. Think about that. What? You can interpret your life even before these things come to pass. And you can be a dissolver of doubts inside of yourself as well as anyone around you. How do you do that? You must see farther into reasons and causes than others. Why are you believing what you believe in? Why are you standing on the word of God for something? You see, I knew... A jet, I know people think that's a luxury. I don't mean it probably is, but to me, it's simply a tool to preach the gospel. 
because, you know, I got to be right back here to this desk and do these things that I'm doing now, as well as going out and preach. See, there was a reason for that. And then worldwide television. Jesus said, go to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. He didn't say some creatures. Well, I can't. how do I preach to every creature? I got to have the ability to do that. I have to have the tools to do it. Thank God through cameras, satellites, all these different things, we're able to preach to the world. But thank God for planes and trains, automobiles, motorcycles, boats, whatever you need to get that gospel out, you go do it. Listen, one day someone will need you. Do you understand that? And you will honor God just like Daniel and speak faith and truth to them. Let me tell you, you'll be the one to dissolve any doubt that could stop God's plan in their lives or in your life. Can I pray for you right now? Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, help people to understand what we're talking about here. Because everything we do, there's a reason for it. There's a cause for it. Because God, you have a plan, and that plan will be fulfilled. Father, I ask you to bless people, open their minds to understand what we're saying here, so they can be a devout dissolver of doubt in themselves, as well as anyone they come into contact with. We thank you for it. We believe you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, you think about Daniel. You know, he, he actually he was a captive. Yeah, he was, he, one day, I mean, he was a prisoner at one time, but he, he rose to a prime minister. Why? It don't make no difference how you get there. It's what you do when you do get there. See, he didn't let that put him down. He dissolved that down and says, I am who God says I am. And he became the top man in that particular country. Isn't that amazing? And I love his reputation. He can interpret dreams. Ah, and he is a dissolver of doubts. Ooh, now that's a good reputation to have. I hope you're enjoying this today, and I want you to stay right there. I'll be back in just a minute to show you some things that are going on around here. Jesse DePlantis Ministries, got another word for you. I'll be back in just a moment, so watch this and be blessed now. And we've been to Australia, we've been to Europe, just preaching the gospel everywhere. Just, just going all over, preaching the gospel. Jesus! And how can they hear lest they have a preacher? letting the world forget the words of God. And the only way they're going to do that is with voices and people like me and you. That's why I'm on television all the time. That's why I'm trying to get as much television time as I can. Not so many more people can see who I am, but I am interested in building God's kingdom to such a degree that the world will see who he really is. Come on, it's time. Did you know that doubt is a habit? Yes, it is. You aren't born a doubter. You learn to doubt over time. In my book, I Never Learned to Doubt, you will learn something. And what is that? To go back in time and regain what was lost so that you can enjoy more peace, 
more joy, more favor, and more blessing. The wonder of faith is a pure thing. It's a childlike thing. And faith is the only thing that God responds to. When you never learn to doubt, life is so much better. I never learned to doubt. It's my new book. Get it today. I hope you enjoyed this message as much as I enjoyed preaching it because there's revelation knowledge in that. And partners, because of you, I've been able to go to the whole world and preach this gospel. I said it not too long ago. You know what? I've never had a financial deficit in 45 years of preaching. Why? I trust you. You trust me. And both of us trust God. I have no doubt in you. You have no doubt in me. And both of us have no doubt in God. That's why we're able to do what we do. And partner, I can't thank you enough. Also, me and Kathy pray for you every day. And we, and we don't just believe it. We declare the hundredfold return for you. I know the Bible says some 30, some 60, some 100. Well, I'm not in the some 30-fold. And I'm not in the some 60-fold. My God, if I can have the hundredfold, I'm going to do that. That's not greed. That's just showing you the ability that God can give you if you'll just knock the doubt out and accept what God says. This is a vitally important message I believe that the world needs to hear. And also, I made this message our May partner offer. I'm going to tell you something. You need to get it. I mean, it will bless you immensely. Due to time constraints on television, we can't play at all. If you'd like to get it, my, it's, it, let me give you the title. How to Be a Devout Dissolver of Doubts, which is the primary job of the believer. If you'd like to get it, go to jdm.org for all the ordering information. jdm.org for the ordering information. It will bless you because I've never met a person that did not have doubt come around them, whether it was in them, around them, or someone else. And I mean that sincerely. And it's a killer. You shouldn't have anything to do with it. God's word is true. He says, my word shall not return unto me void. <laughs> That's pretty strong. How about you say that? That you, when you give your word, it will not return unto you void. Buddy, when people see that in you, they'll believe you. They'll stand with you. Why? Because they know that you're not a person that doubts. Thank you, partners, for being so courteous and kind. We got great projects going on right now. We're actually believing God for a 20, we got a 20 million, actually $26 million project right now. My Lord. I say, God, you know, is, is, is there other things that are cheaper? For God's sakes, you know. But you know, to go to the world is very, very expensive. We believe in God for a $20 million donor, a $5 million donor, and any other million dollar donors. But people say, that's just, that's so big. I know, well, how about, how about $5, $10? It doesn't make no difference. What, you put it all together, it can become that. So thank you for being a partner of this ministry. None of it goes to me. 100% of it goes into world evangelism. And that's a blessing to God. We are totally, completely debt-free. Me and Kathy are partners to this ministry, just like you. Thank you for listening and thank you for hearing our heart. And thank you for trusting me. I trust you and both of us trust God. Till next week, we love you. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. Now, what makes a person a great person is vision. The only way that's the physical eye is going to see it, that you must see it with your spiritual eye. Don't try to reconcile sense and faith. See, faith goes beyond the intellect. Jesse Duplantis' 2021 Visionary Conference. Throw away your clock. God will put the time on that thing, and it'll come quicker than you think. You are a winner going somewhere to win. The 2021 Visionary Conference, July 15th and 16th. Register online today. You see, heaven is wonderful. And I said, what am I doing here? He said, you have an appointment. 
Heaven, Close Encounters of the God Kind is celebrating 25 years of transforming lives. Order your copy today at JDM.org. You can broadcast the wonderful works of God right where you are. Mark your calendars for Kathy Duplantis' 2021 Glorious Conference. Join us October 1st and 2nd. Visit JDM.org for more information. You see, the winds are contrary, and impossible things happen when the winds are contrary, because then you've got to really use your faith. Now, using your faith is when you're keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ. That's a very great gift to keep your eyes on Him, no matter what's going around. Don't deny what you see. Deny its right to affect you. 